This podcast is supported by Americans for Medical Progress and was founded and created through the Michael D. Hare Fellowship, awarded annually to support projects that inform and educate the public about the critical role of animal research in furthering medical progress. The fellowship honors the late Dr. Michael Hare, a renowned board-certified laboratory animal veterinarian who dedicated his career to scientific and medical advancements and who was deeply committed to animal welfare and advocacy. Hey, everyone. Welcome into the Lab Rat Chat News Bite episode, May edition. We are officially just not doing it. We just didn't do an April edition. Yeah. We're sorry. It's, um, you know, life gets busy. It's hard to coordinate when we're multiple states away. Both have different kids. time zones. Everyone knows different time zones, work schedules. There's my phone. Let me silence that. Um, and so it's just a lot. So anyways, I mean, technically we did do a April edition, but we called it the March edition. Yeah. We're, we're behind. So if you so want to be technical, Mar- we didn't do one in March. So. Yeah, we're, <laughs> but it is we're May. Ahead of the game. It is May second right now that we're recording this, so we should be good. It's also uh, not even eight in the morning, thanks to Danielle. So appreciate you making me get up. Well, I mean, I was up, but usually I'm not doing a podcast this early in the morning, right? And so, but here we are, bright and early. Yeah, um, doing this. So I don't know what's been going on in your life since the last time we recorded, but. Uh, my life's been pretty, pretty normal. So we got yeah, all of our calendar. I mean, it's meet. really been like, like wake up, go to work, keep kids alive, repeat. I don't know. Yeah. Keeping kids alive is the key part there. It's tough. It could be, t- it can be harder than it seems. It's all consuming. Yeah. I'd, sometimes I don't know how my kids stay alive with the little amount of calories that they consume on a daily basis. Like it doesn't oh, yeah, seem like it's to- enough food to sustain life but no my my kids are like like down for some food yeah so mine that's not an issue we have yeah mine would be like they'll like eat a chip and i'm like i'm good you know this morning i'll tell you a story about my daughter this morning so she loves bacon and that's great because my husband works for that's a right. bacon company who doesn't so. love bacon yeah so she was in a little bit of a mood and it's picture day at school so i needed her to like cheer up and like go to school happy so I'm like, Morgan, do you want bacon? Yeah, yeah, bacon, bacon. So I opened the container of bacon that we had cooked from Sunday. I, I said, take one piece, thinking she's just going to like, you know, be How much bacon do you cook in one setting if the you whole, still have package. bacon left over? Like the whole jumbo pack. Like we get bulk but, bacon. There's but, just too say, much but bacon But there are four of you. You don't eat the whole package? Well, I'm kind of getting sick of bacon. I eat like one piece. I'm, I've, I'm baconed out. Let me let me finish this cute All right, story. sorry. So she gets a little feisty and she's like, bacon! And she gets this like ravenous like... <laughs> <laughs> she just reaches into this Tupperware, takes two fistfuls of bacon strips. <laughs> and I'm like, Morgan, that's too much. You have to put some back. No! Oh! And I'm like, oh dear. <laughs> and I quickly realized that she's about to eat that much bacon. <laughs> Because there's no having her put it back at this point. Did she, she eat it all? Yeah. Well, I needed her to like get in the car. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's picture day. Like, I don't want to put her nice shirt on. Because if she's eating bacon in the car, a piece of bacon's going to fall. You're going to get a big grease spot on the shirt. So I'm like, we're going to school in our pajamas. And I changed her in the car when we got to school. Because she just ate. She I ate mean, so let much, the girl eat some bacon. She ate so much bacon. Yeah. Lots of protein in there. 
Yeah. Good. Yeah, it's it was good. a lot. It it's was fine. more than more than and, an adult probably should eat. And how those pictures turn out? I guess you haven't seen them yet, huh? No, I, yeah, they're happening like right now as we speak. So. I bet they're going to be incredible. Or she's going to be like, oh, I don't feel good from eating all that bacon. No, I don't think so. I but just picture gonna... like a little kid with two fistfuls of just like multiple pieces of bacon strips in both hands going, <laughs> no, <laughs> just screaming at me with this like angry you should, voice. You should have videoed it. And then it also sounds like, you remember the bacon strips commercials for dogs? Oh, yeah. That's kind of what I'm imagining. Bacon. <laughs> yeah. With, that's... with your kid. She gets equally passionate about ham. But she says it with an accent, so it's ham, ham, ham. I'm like, yes, we are going to have some ham tonight. Does <laughs> she drag it out like that, too? Ham. Yes, yeah, she says it very Like, it's very proper. Unlike bacon, which is just, like, aggressive. Which makes sense. I mean, that's how you should say bacon, and then ham is a little more of a finer ham. meat, you know? Yes, yes. So, so that's my that's my child story of the day. Yeah, I... Um, Speaking of ham, we'll speak, go back, going back to the bacon. If we make a whole pack of bacon, it's gone. I mean, there's no saving it. Well, we so, get the like, the like jumbo bacon. It's not the like regular pack of bacon, like the one that costs $10. Okay. Cause we had some bacon coupons from. But if you have leftover bacon, yeah. you might as well just buy the smaller packs. No, no, no. But I'm saying if the coupon is for free bacon and it takes off $10, oh, I'm going to get the jumbo. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm going to get the jumbo bacon, max out my coupon. But yes, I agree. In a sensible world, I would, if I'm purchasing bacon, I would get the regular human size pack. Yeah, I'm going to go make bacon after this episode now. So yeah, yeah. I mean, now that we have all the pork, all the meat from the pigs, we have an unlimited supply. Well, not unlimited. It will run out. But the bacon, that bacon is so incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Um, And I don't know how much is in a pack. It's probably the equivalent to a jumbo pack. Mm. But, you know, I'm not not weighing it out. And then, but oh, what I was going to say is, speaking of ham, if you, I have fresh ham. I've never had a fresh ham in my life. You, you can't buy them from the store. You buy them I believe here you and, mean ham. 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 Yes. Um, my fresh ham, ham. is very, um, <laughs> it's so much different. It's not even like a normal, it doesn't taste like ham because yeah. it doesn't go through the curing process so yeah because i didn't have them cure i wanted everything fresh and then just what i smoked it for whatever how many numerous hours for easter and it was it was pretty incredible but it tastes nice. more like a slice of a cut of pork it tastes like more so than than ham if that makes sense although ham is pork i was you know just I mean? about to say that but you mean like a, like a tenderloin or something yeah kind of like that yeah, yeah i like, got you i know what you mean more meaty than like the cured kind of chewier yeah. that comes with the ham. No, I, I live with the ham man, so I <laughs> I get it. You should make that his license plate. Do you, do you know man. what his license plate is? I'll tell you no, later. No, does he have a custom no, I'll, one? I'll tell you later. <laughs> okay. Uh, there was one in Virginia that was Pizza Man, and I could have sworn that was oh, Greg's alternative car. That would have been good. And then... The crazy thing about that was that car, I never saw it anymore. And then eventually the pizza place that we lived by, that license plate, like they had license plates on the wall. That license plate ended up on the wall. So they must have gotten rid of that car and their license plate and mm. retired at the license plate pizza man to nice. the pizza place. Yeah. So anyways, don't forget to tell me because now I got to know. Well, you know what? It might be appropriate to save for the end of this episode. I have something funny to talk about. So let's okay. let's get into the science and then we'll we'll double back. 
into the science after we talked about ham. Ham. Okay. Uh, My two articles are just real quick about dogs and and Chernobyl that are evolving fast or faster than normal, apparently. Faster than normal in Chernobyl. I don't know. That didn't rhyme. But I thought it did in my head. Um, And then my other one is about hibernating pigs and hibernating bears and pigs that stay still for a long time and humans and how it all relates to blood clots. Interesting. Okay. So I have a study about picking your nose. So I'm going to convince everyone who's listening to stop picking your nose after you hear this. And then the other one I found is, so this isn't so much like animal research. It's more research to help animals. Um, and it's about robotic bees. Bees. I like how you bees. said it. Um, okay, cool. Well, I'll start with the dogs of Chernobyl. As we all know, 1986, quite the explosion over there. And it's the whole area is uninhabitable. Nobody's lived there. Lingering nuclear radiation still exists. However, there's always been, I guess, apparently a population of dogs, whether some of those dogs were left behind following the evacuation or the dogs have moved in. Um, since then, probably a little combination of both. And so, but what they're seeing is that these dogs are evolving faster. Now, what I'm not going to tell you is anything actually specific because the study didn't tell us anything specific. So it's kind of like the most generalized study of all time that I feel like just you and I could have done without ever actually going there (laughs) or evaluating anything. Um, but it's, it's in a, it's in a journal. They examined over 300 dogs within like their Chernobyl exclusion zone. And they compared that to dogs living 10 miles outside of it. And the differences suggest that they're, that they're evolving and that they're evolving faster, but they don't say what these differences are in the dogs. Why? I don't know. Like, is it some sort of, Oh dear. Are we not allowed to? Like I'm, I'm picturing that these dogs are evolving. Like they're shooting laser beams out of their eyes and we can't let the public know because that'd be terrifying. Oh, I was, like, I why was, can't we, why can't we know? I was picturing like, you know, double or triple muscling and like they're starting to walk on their hind legs and maybe operate like a machine gun or something. Right. They're, they have opposable thumbs. Yeah. Beginning to like speak. that's what we need to watch out they're, for. <laughs> their this language is, gonna, is evolving. This is, this is going to turn into a rather futuristic episode. I'm just. And then they, so they can't also. So there's lots of genetic changes. They could look at the DNA, tons of genetic changes compared to the dogs outside of the zone. Um, and they, they of course think it's from the radiation, but they can't prove that. I, I would say it's probably likely that that's from the radiation. Um, but they can't say for sure whether or not these genetic changes are due to the radiation or what the genetic changes mean or what's actually changing in the dogs. So I don't know. I there's, mean, it's like there's a cool, changes, it's a cool but article. But you can't know about them. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a cool like concept that they're evolving faster. I would just love to have more information to actually see what's evolving quicker. Like, is it for better or for worse? Well, are I think they... evolution is always for better, isn't it? Oh, but these guys are like nuclear, so yeah. Like, are they dying okay. faster? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Or living? What's longer? their lifespan? Are they living longer? Can they? Are they more? like resistant to the effects of radiation because they live in it all the time. So I don't mm-hmm. know. I have no idea. So basically this, it just says we'd have no idea what to expect from prolonged radiation exposure. <laughs> you know, for, I mean, for us, it's going to kill us. 
But maybe if we were forced to live in it and then reproduce and have a bunch of kids, maybe they would be evolving faster, be more, which that would make sense over time. You'd evolve to kind of adapt to your environment. But um, they're going to continue to do this research and study and eventually, hopefully, they actually tell us what they see. But I'm just imagining it's all, you know, top secret classified information. So we have to wait for it to be declassified. Okay. I want to talk about nose picking. Uh, no, so this is actually interesting science. This is not as futuristic as you've gone, but um, a study has found that potentially picking your nose could increase the risk for Alzheimer's and dementia because they're seeing in mice, um, they were working with chlamydia pneumoniae, which is a type of bacteria that can cause like respiratory tract infections such as pneumonia. Um, but it was exploiting the nerve that goes from the nasal cavity, uh, between the nasal cavity and the brain. And it was kind of skirting around that blood brain barrier and causing brain infections, which was depositing amyloid beta proteins, which is the hallmark of Alzheimer's disease. So they're thinking this again, this was in mice so that you can't really study this in people because you can't knowingly give people Alzheimer's, that would be bad research. Um, but, you know, every time you pick your nose or all you guys with hairy noses and you pluck your nose hairs, you're like opening up the mucous membranes and the pores in there. And depending on what you're exposed to, you're giving bacteria a quicker shot to just get up your nerve into your brain. Um, and you could continue to kind of expose yourself to bacteria and viruses and they could be causing these deposits, those amyloid beta protein deposits, and that's what triggers late onset Alzheimer's or dementia. So stop picking your nose and trim trim your nose hair instead of plucking them. Okay, I was going to say, should we just have nose Hairy fools noses? of boogers? So full of hair? as as a a, a person who is unaffected by long nose hairs, I do not have that issue. <laughs> I, from what I'm reading here, I would suggest just like trim them carefully instead of plucking them, or maybe you can buzz cut I mean, them, I but you don't want to like open. I definitely just rip them out. Yeah, don't do that. Well, You're gonna they, lose your mind. They, they blend. Maybe that explains everything. Because I've been doing it for a long time, but they do. <laughs> if they get real long, I mean, I do have the advantage of having like the mustache right there. So sometimes you can't tell. Oh god. You know, yeah, <laughs> they, nose mustache. They, they kind of blend. They, they kind of blend in. Oh, that's funny. Um, oh man. But I didn't. So how did they stimulate? How did they simulate that nose picking in mice? So it's not necessarily the nose picking. It's just that they were the bacteria was getting into the brain and they were trying to figure out how, and it was going up this nerve and they're assuming, you know, one way that that is going to affect people is if you continue to damage the inside of your nose, you're just going to be exposed to more things. Okay. So they're like tying it back again. You can't necessarily test this and be like, okay, we're going to follow 10 people. Five, we're going to ask to pick their noses every day for the next 20 years. And the others, we're going to never let them pick their nose and see who gets Alzheimer's. They can't do that. Well, I think we could do like a, like retrospective study and go back and look at people with Alzheimer's. But if you have, how would an Alzheimer's person remember if they picked their nose? What about early on? Like we could look at like early onset. You say we, like me and you are about to do this study. We can do it. You can look. (laughs) Because they can do like s- scans and stuff and tell if, how much, if they have plaques in their brain, right? Something like right, that. Right, right. So maybe yeah. something like that. Just start looking at people and looking at their nose picking So frequency. one interesting, at the end of this I'm article, it talks about... I'm going to submit this to the IRB. 
Okay. You'll see it by the end of the day. All right. I like it. Um, well, at the end of this article, it talks about smell tests and that can actually be a potential detector for Alzheimer's. And they're suggesting that loss of the sense of smell can be tested for. And they recommend, you know, maybe at the time someone turns 60, um, they should do smell tests. I don't know what a smell test is. Maybe you just put gross or nice smelling things in front of people and see if they enjoy it or not. I don't know. Yeah. Well, my sense of smell is is on point currently. So we had a patient last night with explosive bloody diarrhea. I I swore I turned my ringer off. So still on apparently. It's fine. Explosive. It was just adding a little like flair to your statement of explosive bloody diarrhea. (laughs) And I, I mean, I don't get too grossed out. Wait, smells, wait, 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 we should clarify for anyone who horrible. maybe this is their first episode that you're a vet and this isn't a human patient. This is Correct. an animal that patient. A dog. So, it was yeah. a dog. Like, um, I had a patient with this problem. Yeah. And then that's the second time in, the, in a week I've had a patient with that. And, and Metronidazole? Did you metronidazole them? Yes. The tech yes. that we, um, I was working with the first time, she, you know, the dog had it in the, in the cage, in the run, and then we took the dog she was getting the dog to go outside, let him finish his business out there. Well, he was laying in it. So as he came out, oh. I was on the other side of the room. Fortunately, the dog shook. Yeah, dogs will <gasps> do. And it her it got all over her face. Yeah, it was it was a rough night. More so for her than me. Do you guys have like um, a shower there? No. Oh. Nope. We have like wipes and stuff, you know. And we have lots of lint rollers. That's oh, it. Um, and then so we then, then it smelled awful. So we decided to leave the door open also to kind of like help get some smell out. But then it was humid out enough so that then like we had like thick, heavy, humid, air of- like we we're kind of like warm air in there mixed with it. Uh-huh. It was just, it made it, it was a poor decision on our part to open the door. Oh no. Next time we'll light a candle. But yeah. So, anyways. I don't know how we got on the topic of di- diarrhea. Uh, I, oh, smells. Smells. Yeah. They smelled awful. <laughs> okay. So, all right. Well, interesting. I'm still probably going to continue to pick and pluck nose hairs. So, if I do get Alzheimer's later in life, just we'll know make why. sure you let somebody know that that's probably why. Okay. Because I'll forget. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. This next one is... From the University of, of Reading, right? It's spelled like reading, but I'm guessing it's Reading, right? Did you play Monopoly as a kid? Yeah, I think it is Reading. So it's Reading Rail, the Reading Railroad, the railroad right? Yeah. But as a kid, I always said Reading Railroad. Which makes kind more sense because like, there's like the Reading Rainbow. Reading Rainbow. So. Yeah. And so, anyways, I'm pretty wow, sure it's that's Reading. A throwback. <laughs> it's in reading a book. Rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be Googling that later. That's fine. Just post the song. Yeah. I haven't heard it in a while. I know. Um, so so uh, this research out of the University of Reading, apparently it's, as they say, they partner with Denmark, Germany, Norway, and Sweden. Um, and they looked at, they wanted to figure out why hibernating bears, paralyzed humans, and then pigs that are kept in small little c- enclosures don't get um, da- like dangerous blood clots, despite being immobile for long periods of time. You know, and so they tell, like, if you're taking a long flight, for example, they tell you to get up every now and then, 
you know, set a timer for legs, every couple yeah. hours, stretch your legs, keep your blood flow, move in, wear compression socks, whatever, so that you do all this to avoid, you know, developing yeah, yeah, those blood clots or deep vein thrombosis or, and then eventually hopefully avoiding pulmonary embolisms or heart attacks or strokes from doing so. And so these researchers, you know, they thought like, why apparently people that are paralyzed are not at any higher risk for blood clots. And so they're trying to figure out why. And then they started thinking about animals too. They thought about the bears, like why don't bears die from blood clots? And eventually they, they found that there's this protein called HSP 47. And we have really high numbers of HSP 47, which is something that like it's released by platelets to help blood clot. So platelets obviously help in the blood clotting process when we are injured and so that we don't bleed out. And so there's something that they said they don't even know exactly, but when we're moving, it keeps H this HSP 47 protein at the appropriate level. And they found that when they took blood samples from bears in the winter while hibernating and who is taking a summer, blood sample from a hibernating bear? Um, apparently they are. Wow. Yeah. It doesn't say that's a great question. The, do the dogs from Chernobyl are doing it. <laughs> I, I mean, that's the that would explain why they can't tell us anything. Yeah. Um, that would put a whole new twist on animal research. <laughs> the animals are doing the research now, so they go. I now I got now that's all I can think of. Sorry, it's like sneaking into a cave, trying to get some blood. Um, so they took bears during hibernating, or took and took their blood while they're hibernating, while they're awake. And moving around, they took them from people and from the pigs, and they found that. Where did pigs come into this? I don't know why they went with pigs, but apparently, okay. just pigs that were just kept in That's really small in the enclosures. All right, yeah. all right. They just went with pigs, um, and so the absence of movement is associated with far less of this HSP forty-seven. And so now that they know that, they can look at medicines that kind of inhibit the function of HSP 47 for people that are prone to blood clots or to protect people, you know, just for in general from developing blood clots, whether they're, you know, immobile for any other reason temporarily. So I don't know. It's kind of a cool article. I thought yeah, that they're figuring out ways. And I guess now the coolest part is that the fact that somebody got blood from a hibernating bear. That's really my takeaway from all of this. I mean, their blood How? pressure drops so low. I think it'd be really hard to get a blood sample. Do you think do they, they have, have bears like in in a lab somewhere? I think they have a hibernating lab. Well, I was lab? more thinking that like, would, be cool. would you could you like put a catheter in the bear and just like sneak up and like not poke it with a needle because the catheter's in? But again, they're so furry and fat. Like how? I don't know. How does that happen? This uh, it starts with don't poke the bear. They said. But it's, this mm. is what a team of scientists have been doing to discover the secrets of blood clotting. So apparently they're going out poking the bear. Poking bears. And their team of all scientists right. are dogs from Chernobyl that are evolving yeah, rapidly. That's, that's all I can think of. Oh, goodness. Um, so my last article, I found an article about AI helping the bees. And then when I tried to find it again, I could not. 
I do not know where it went. I did not make it up. It is gone. Let me try to do, but we'll take it. And that there are robotic bees that have been created to help keep the environment for the bees healthier and help the queen. And so these little miniature robotic AI bees, I don't really know. Are they, so are they real? They're, I mean, like, they're fake bees. Can you see them? They're just AI computers. No, I think they're like little robotic bees. This article does not have a picture of them. Okay. Yes, it I'm does. I'm just trying to follow yes, along. Yes, it does. Hold on. Robotic. Okay. This, Great level of preparation. I, right? I tell I'm you, I was so <laughs> ready for this full AI article that I could not find again. But um, so these little robots can go in and they can like feed the queen bee the right food and the right like at the right time and help her lay healthier eggs to like boost bee production. Um, and so they're talking about, you know, they can affect the whole ecosystem by interacting with only one single animal, the queen. And obviously you get more bees, you get more pollination, you get more plants and vegetables. Like it's just an endless, wonderful cycle of improving things. How do you think that makes, how do you think that makes like the other worker bees feel? I know they're like, who's this robot who came in and just like is taking care of my queen? Right, like, and now they're going to feel worthless, no longer have a purpose, and then we're just going to have a bunch of AI bees running around feeding queens. The AI bees appear not to have wings. They look like little robots. They don't look like bees. In my mind, I was hoping they looked like bees, but they don't. You know, Um, because if I were the bees, what's the point of working anymore? To make the honey. I'm not not making honey. Not anymore. Like, these AI bees can take over. I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm not going to do all this work to feed the queen. And make honey. I don't need to. Is that where this article goes? No. <laughs> okay. This is eventually. This is eventually going to be the demise of the bees, and then eventually humanity, the environment. And if I had us. a little AI robot that like knew exactly when to feed me and what to feed me, that's a dream come true. Like if I had this little like bot that could just like roll up into my bedroom and be like, "Good morning, here's a pancake," and I'd be like, oh. "I feel like Greg knows exactly what to make." And feed all the time. And he is a little robotic. You know? He does so. He does lack a lot of like human social skills. I'm just kidding. So <laughs> that's I, mean. It's fine. That's that's why you're on the podcast to bring the enthusiasm oh, and man. the character. Yes, yes. Um so, maybe my husband is an AI bot. He I mean. he takes care of the queen. The food Ooh, is, I like the food this. Is pre- the food is pretty incredible. And I and I am the queen. At your house. Yes. It, right? Yeah, you stayed at our house. It's legit. This story, this story is about you guys. I think it might be my little AI bot taking care of his queen. You just have one, though. You don't have multiple. Right. But do, this doesn't say issues. if the hives need more than one or if it's just one bot. Just per one queen. AI bee just doing it all. Yeah. Well, don't <laughs> they just keep learning takes, and getting smarter and smarter? Yeah, I guess they can. I mean, they can't self evolve yet, but I think that's the, that's the goal. Yeah. Well, either way, AI to be able to update itself. The main takeaway of this article is that I'm glad people are researching ways to save the bees because they can hand out all the seed packets at the little kid fairs for kids to plant wildflowers. But you can have all the wildflowers, but you got to save the bees. So let's come up with a different way. And I like this. Okay. Because I like the bees. (laughs) Just I like the bees too. But in 20 years, when I mean, this, I would totally we, we, have... When the bees are gone and we're all under the control of robots, this is, we can point back to this article. I know. I would totally say, well, we have to save um, the bees. bees at my house, though, but because we're so close to farmer's fields, 
I don't think it makes sense because the bees would just get all the pesticides from the fields, you know? Because they say Maybe like they're all organic fields. Well, my farmers do not. My farmers they're not my farmers. The farmers that have the fields near my house they are not organic farmers. So, yeah, I feel like if I had um, bees, well, I would be eating chemical honey. So I don't know. Would you? It's would it go? It's on. It's on my list of things to seriously think about. First, goats, then bees. Okay. Okay. What kind of goats? I haven't fully decided yet. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, but anyway, okay. goats are fun. To make sure you have a big fence, like you may need to up it a little bit. Bigger than the fence I have? I don't know. They can, they can, they can hop. Five feet? I mean, it just depends on how big a goat you get. Oh no, get we're getting goats, like littler, get. littler goats, not like full on. Okay. Well, no, I take that back. I don't know what kind of goat I'm going to fall in love with. They're also just going to like chew on it, you know, because they eat everything. Oh yes. I so Jeff, are, not to knock browse, you, but I think browsers, I think grazers. I'm a little better at containing animals because I make the <laughs> containment system before I get the animal, whereas you get the animal and then make the containment. So, well, I just want to know what their full capabilities are that then sure. go into how I'm going to make the containment system. Okay, <laughs> right, fair enough. You don't know what their capabilities are. I have been around, but you've controlled. Anyways, yeah, I've, but yeah, no, you you've definitely probably got one up in the. Animal containment. I mean, if you think about our chicken coop, the wire goes a foot underground to prevent, you know, animals from Anything digging from in. Getting in. Yeah, um, smart. So, I, yeah, I, I put some forethought into animal containment. So, I, but if, when, if and when I get goats, I will let you know what we've come up with and if it worked. Yeah, I don't want goats. Um, I like goats. Just don't want them. Yeah, I want goats because I want goat's milk and baby goats. Like, what, it, what are you going to do with all the baby? Like, if you keep, are you going to sell them? Because eventually, if you just keep having baby goats because you want baby goats, you're going to have a lot of goats. Well, I would breed slowly. And I haven't decided how, I mean, we have six cleared acres. I could have a good chunk of goats. I don't know. It's, again, these are just swirling thoughts. If my husband listens to this podcast, he's going to be like, excuse me, like, what are we doing with the goats? Right. We have not discussed this. <laughs> no. Um, so, Goat milk would be cool. You could be a local like goat milk distributor. Well, and I, I mean, I'd like to get back into like making soaps and making goat milk soap is fancy. And goat's milk is actually maybe even better than cow's milk, um, for digestion. So that's kind of exciting. Anywho, the other yeah. thing I wanted you know, to talk the, about. You know what's the most similar to human milk is donkey milk. I thought apparently. camel milk. Wasn't it camel milk? No, t- donkey milk is the most comparable to human milk, Very but strange. camel milk has the best. Um, like nutrient properties. Gotcha. Camel milk has been linked even to like helping um, kids or, or people in general with like they're on like the autism spectrum disorder. That's a bold there's claim. Lots of, there's lots of research on it. Go. Okay. Hey, uh-huh. I'm not, I'm not saying I did the research. I'm just saying that okay. you could Google that and they can link some of the use of camel milk and camel milk powder and all this stuff and helping like behavioral aspects of kids with autism. Wow. Yeah. Well, I don't think we will have camels in Virginia, but. There are camels in Virginia. Oh, I'm just saying me personally. Like, I don't think I will have the camels. Um, Okay. But yes, no, we even have, there's a zebra farm out my way. Like we've got it all. Is it zebra or is it zebra? Zebra. Okay. Not British. uh, Yeah, no. uh, Although I do say ham. (laughs) Yeah, tying it all in. 
The guy I work with has a camel. Nice. At his house. Okay. Um, yeah. But that's the sort of end of my B story, but I wanted to backtrack to last episode where I made fun of my wonderful husband for his gizzards and gravy song. Yes. And yes. one of our, go? one of our good friends listens to this podcast. I'm going to shout out Sean right now. Hi, Sean. He knows my husband and he really could picture the whole story. And he, I don't even know how he did this, but he has like an AI bot, a computer application. I don't know what he did, but he sent me a screenshot and he had an AI thing, write a rap about gizzards and gravy. And I'm willing to read this, but I'm going to read it. You're going to rap. I don't know what's going to happen. I might laugh a lot. I might go between like slam poetry and like rapping. I don't know. Slam poetry. I don't know how this is. I don't know what that is, but I, I'm excited to hear how this is going to go. So it's, it's four verses at all. <laughs> Bear do you with need me. a beat? No, I, I can't do a beat. Okay. So this okay. is what our dear friend Sean came up with when he heard about my husband's Gizzards and Gravy grocery store song. All right, throw it down. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> Again, I didn't write this. <laughs> we know, like chat. Okay. Whatever it is, chat GPT yeah. four or seven hundred, whatever they're on. All right, so here we Data. go. Yo, 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 check it out. I'm here to rap about a dish that's no doubt. The best thing you can eat on a cold winter day, it's gizzards and gravy. Yeah, that's what I say. Gizzards are the muscles that help spurt that helps I can't, sorry. <laughs> gizzards are the muscles that help birds digest. They're chewy and tender. They pass the taste test. You can fry them or boil them or stew them in a pot, but the best way to eat them is with gravy. That's hot. Gravy is the (laughs) sauce that makes everything better. It's rich and creamy. It's a flavor setter. You can make it with flour or cornstarch or roux, but the best way to make it is with gizzard juice. That's true. So (laughs) so put them together and you have a wrap feast. It's gizzards and gravy. It's a wrap beast. You can... (laughs) You can eat it with biscuits or bread or rice, but the best way to eat it is with wrap spice. That's nice. <laughs> Drop the mic. That's incredible. So that is not what my husband was singing in the grocery store, but from here on out, that will be when we have to buy hearts and gizzards for our dogs. <laughs> I mean, we do need to turn it into an actual song. Uh, and for that, I I'm want to thank Sean again. Yeah, I appreciate that. Oh, that was fantastic. To tie back and into whatever the, AI software did it. To the license plate that we were talking about. So, and I'm going to make fun of Sean for this also. So, you know, everyone in high school goes through like a phase of like, you know, thinking you're someone that you're not. And because right. our, my husband's last name is Dady, everyone, you know, I'm Danielle Dady. He was called Slim Dady instead of Slim Shady in high school. <laughs> So his license plate is Slim Dady. <laughs> That's awesome. And I want to make fun of Sean too because his friends, he told us, I don't remember if it was in high school or college. We didn't know him back then, but his fake name was Skittles and it was because he was the opposite of Eminem. Okay. So, and this That's is sweet. Greg and Sean didn't meet until they started working together, but so we have Slim Dady and Skittles and that's really so everyone can just know. Well, I mean, I used to have my rap days of being Stick Boy. Oh, so that's right. We could throw Stick us Boy. all together. I think we need to all get together and throw down all the skizzards and gravy rap. Oh man! Make a video. Yes, yes, well, absolutely. And we'll need to make that happen. You need to come sooner. up to Virginia. Yep, 
I agree. So anyways, I appreciate the wrap. Yep. That was fantastic. Thank you. Yes. We'll turn it into a music video soon enough for everybody. And then we'll get into, we'll get Slim Daddy Skittles and Stick Boy coming at you live from Virginia. Oh God. Anyways, that's we need to stop before we get ourselves in more trouble. But thanks everyone for listening. Hope you enjoyed the silliness and the science. Yes. That's kind of what these revolve around. Don't, Silli- don't pick silliness your nose. and science. Yep. Yeah, or pluck them, apparently. Yeah, don't do it. So, all right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Go check us out on social media. Like, follow, rate, review the show. We really appreciate it. And we'll catch you all next time. See ya. (laughs) Bye, everyone.